Welcome to Raising Up Cops. We are excited to be back again, and this time we're bringing friends. That's right. We have a special guest with us today who I am personally very excited to talk to because her area of specialty is one I especially struggle with. So if you follow her on social media, she has some adorable and helpful reels at Unclutter Your World. Yeah, we met Mary through Instagram, uh, just becoming obsessed with her videos. And today we are so happy to have her with us, Mary Atala from Boynton, Florida. And Mary's a busy wife and mom. She's got three kids, eight, five, and two and a half. And she is cutefully dubbed the decluttering engineer. Thank you for joining us, Mary. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to be here. Um, Mary, okay, I got to get right to it. If you walked into my house right now, I'm sure you'd either have an aneurysm or you'd get very excited. Which one would you be? I would be so excited. (laughs) So I mean, to be totally honest with you, my husband and I are not in the same page at all. As much as we are about a lot of things, when it comes to decluttering, we are not on the same page. And one of the things that we often struggle with is he does not like to waste anything. And he can make a use for anything. And so we are always like, no, we need to organize or build more shelves to put stuff away. That's why there's no place for everything. And I'm like, no, we need to get rid of 90% of our stuff and then put the rest away. So we are never on the same page about that. (laughs) What about you, Laura? How's it like in your house? Yeah, I feel like, you know, I always want to like bring in a cleaning company, but the problem is they won't do anything if it's cluttered. And what I really need is a decluttering company first. (laughs) Right. So Mary, we want to hear from you. What are some of your like top tips for decluttering? Like, like let's, let's get right into it. So let's start with Madonna's issue because this is very, very common. Um, and one of my top tips is always start with your own things. Show your family the progress that it has made on you and how it has improved you. And while you're decluttering, you can say, hey, look at my before picture, look at my after picture, look how much easier it is for me and get them excited on it. So a lot of times I always say start with a family meeting and talk about, okay, it takes so much time to put things away and to clean up and we want to spend more quality time together. And the way to start that is, hey, let's start decluttering. Let's get rid of all the things that take up our time. And then you start with your stuff. Um, And in terms of involving the kids, this is a great way to start. So decluttering can be stressful in and of itself, right? Um, So add kids to that can be even more stressful. And so what I do is I choose one designated simple drawer. And I say, okay, kids, come help me declutter this drawer. And then I talk them through. I say, okay, help me take everything out. And I'm going to choose my favorite things that I'm going to put back in, you know, and then I'm going to say, oh, look at this item. This item is broken. So I'm going to throw that out. Can you put this in the trash for me? And I talk them through all the decluttering steps so that they are able to replicate this with their own things later on. But again, I'm only focusing on my own things first. Ooh, I like that because it is so much easier for me to identify what everyone else needs to get rid of (laughs) versus myself. Right. When I have conversations with moms, they're like, oh, my husband has so much stuff. That's their like first instinct. I'm like, okay, but look at your things first and show him that it can actually lead to great peace. Mm. 
I love that. And so another tip I have is to honestly just start. A lot of times the fear of starting holds us back. Okay. When you have to come do laundry, laundry is not difficult, but it's the idea of doing laundry that feels so burdensome. And it's the same with decluttering. Start somewhere easy. Okay. Starting in, for example, like a really cluttered garage is so overwhelming. Mm. So you always want to start somewhere easy. And the best place to start surprisingly is in the bathroom. Okay. Mm. There's smaller spaces. You, it's the first place you go to every morning. So you want to start your morning off, you know, right and easy. Um, and so when you start in the bathroom, you make the progress and you see the progress and then you move on to something more difficult, something more challenging and you ease your way into it because decluttering is a muscle that you're stretching and building. I love that. Time. I feel like, Madonna, I'm sure you'd agree. As Mary's talking, I want to take notes and I have to like remind myself, oh wait, we're recording. You can come back to this. <laughs> I like literally had to stop from reaching for my pencil and like scribbling everything down. So if you're listening on your drive, Remember, we have it recorded. You can uh, <laughs> you can come back and take notes on what Mary said. I love that. And I think that you're right about the bathroom. I feel like that is the easiest place and the place that just when it's in order, we're all just much more relaxed. And we tend to take that sort of decluttered attitude into whatever the next room we step into is. So I think that's really awesome. Um, I do. I, there was one time that a, um, a cousin of Abuna's uh, up in Canada uh, a teenage cousin she made this whole presentation about how the state of her room reflects the state of her interior and like how when she's not doing well the room is in much worse shape and when she recognizes that it's an internal thing and she starts working on the decluttering it declutters internally too have you found that to be the case like tell me more about the peace that comes with decluttering absolutely it is so linked together Actually, whenever I'm having a bad day or a rough period in my life, I always start with decluttering, physically decluttering, and then it just all flows in with the mental. So just like we're starting easy in the bathroom, if you are overwhelmed in life, you just start decluttering and it leads to the next problem solving, next problem solving until your life is back into its peaceful rhythm. So it's totally, totally connected. Okay, but Mary, I have to say something. I There's people's houses I go into and it seems like they effortlessly just keep everything perfectly organized. And I'll be honest with you, I kind of chalked it up to you either have that kind of personality or you don't. And I am definitely in the do not category. So were you always like a super organized kind of knew what needed to go person or... Was this no, like an I evolution was, of Mary situation? <laughs> totally evolution. I was the one that was envious of everybody else's home that I went into. I'm like, how do they do this? Um, actually, when I was younger, when I was a teenager, um, I had a huge pile of stuff in my room that my family called Mary's pile of doom. <laughs> um, I used to love hanging on to every single piece of paper, everything that had a memory so that I can share it with my future husband and my future kids. And I didn't want to let anything go. And so there was no space for it. So it just piled up into a corner in my room. And I'm always, I say this on my um, Instagram page all the time, that decluttering is a skill to be learned. Okay, mm. just, I am a naturally messy person. I am always all over the place, but I learned that I need decluttering to keep that peace and to be able to function 
in easily with three kids and the house and taking care of everything. Okay. So you, you were saying that, you know, some of the top tips when you're getting started is that you want to start with something small, something that you see every day, make sure you involve the kids and talk them through it and start with your own stuff. Right. I'm remembering this off the top of my head. Okay. So say you've managed to get through your little small spaces and now you've gotten your family on board and you've done a pretty good job decluttering as much as you can, the eye can see. (laughs) Okay. But now what do we do after we've gotten to that point? Because I also have trouble with maintenance. Like things don't just stay in their place just because I got rid of half of it. So for maintenance mode, number one, you control the future purchases, right? So the reason why the clutter built up is because the inflow of stuff. So by controlling the inflow, and I have two tips for that, um, you reduce how much decluttering you have to do in the future. So before you purchase an item, you need to know its location. If you're going to purchase this and then you have to make room for it at home, you're not Mm. ready to buy it. Okay. Mm. If you want to purchase something and you have the space for it, okay, purchase it and put it in that space. All right. I know it's a little bit difficult, but when you train your mind to say, okay, I'm going to buy this, where is it going? Um, And if you have to move stuff around, don't buy it yet. The second tip for the inflow of things, this is a visualization technique. Um, It's so simple and obvious, but really, really effective. So you're going to visualize three things. Let's say I'm buying a new shirt. I visualize and I picture myself wearing it, where I'm going to wear it to, and how much I love it on myself, right? Mm. Visualization two, oftentimes we stop right here. Like I'm going to wear this, you know, to church or I'm going to wear this to the mall or wherever it is, but you continue the visualization of wearing it. Then you're going to say, okay, well, I'm going to wash it. I'm going to take it out of the dryer and it's not going to be the same. Okay. I'm going to wear it over and over again. It might tear, it might get ruined. Okay. And you have to know this going into the purchase Mm. so that it's not like it comes into the home and you feel like you want to hold onto it forever. Mm. The last visualization is you picture yourself letting it go. Say, okay, once I'm done, once I've worn it and enjoyed the shirt to its fullest, I'm going to let it go. Whether, you know, it goes in the trash or it gets donated if it still has some life in it. So this visualization really helped me to um, picture things as temporary. Everything that comes into the home is temporary. Another uh, system that I like to use is the outbox system. Um, I actually talked about this this morning on my stories about how when boxes come into the home, okay, whether it's Amazon boxes, diaper boxes, white boxes, whatever it is, I used to see them as storage, right? Oh, great. I can put stuff and place this in the garage or, oh, this can go under the bed. This is a great box. I no longer do that. <laughs> Every ah, single I'm box. nodding my head vigorously because this is this is my challenge. Don't say that. Oh my goodness. <laughs> Every single box is a chance to declutter. So we now have family challenges. I say, okay, guys, look at this box. I want everybody to go around the house and see whatever you don't want so we can get this box filled quickly and put it into dad's trunk because dad takes everything to the donation center. Um, or you can, you can do it yourself. You know, when the kids are in school, just quickly take a look around the house and gather as quickly as you can to fill that box and get it out of the house. So it doesn't stay in. So Mary, you talked about 
off. I mean, my face went bright red when you talked about being careful what we buy because I like my kids know I don't like going shopping because I can't, I don't know how to window shop. I have to walk out with something. So I love that idea of like the three visualizations. So what are some of the, the kinds of challenges that people encounter when decluttering? A couple of things. So striving per- for perfection. Okay. Oftentimes you see before and after pictures, you're like, wow, that must have been so hard or takes so much work. And I could never do that. So you don't even start. Um, one of my biggest decluttering projects was my closet. Okay. Hmm. And I posted a reel on that. Um, the before and after pictures are, are unreal the amount of quantity of clothes that I had versus the after is crazy. But what people, and I made sure to mention this, didn't realize is that this was a two-year project. This wasn't just a one-time thing and done. No, I would declutter it and there was progress happening. It wasn't where I wanted it to be, but it was on the right track headed toward that direction. Hmm. And so I have lots of in-between pictures. So my number one thing is don't forget the in-between portion, okay? There is a lot of work that goes in between. It's not just a simple before and after picture. Second challenge is mid-declutter regret, right? You come to tackle a closet and you take everything out and you look around and it is more overwhelming than just sticking the stuff back in, right? Mm. And so mid declutter regret happens, but the best thing to do when you hit that point is to pause and go ahead and address your piles, the donate pile, the trash pile, the, I have to put this somewhere else in the house pile, put the piles back where they belong and then come back to it. Also, I don't recommend if you are limited on time, let's say you have like 10 minutes before you pick up the kids and you just want a quick decluttering project. Taking out a whole closet, there's not enough time for that. So choose projects based on the amount of time that you have. And you don't need to take everything out in order to declutter. You can do it by layers. So you start with the first layer, what you see, and then move in and get deeper into a closet or into a drawer or however you do it. My last challenge that I see people encounter is they get bored with focusing on one area. Mm. So you can spend like weeks on the kitchen or days on the kitchen or whatever, but like you lose your momentum because you're sick of it. So I always, when I come to declutter, I focus on two areas and I, I swing back and forth between them so that I'm always on top of the motivation. I'm always on top of the momentum. The last thing um, also quickly, I forgot to mention is the, uh, is motivation, creating your motivation. Okay. Oftentimes we get these surges of motivation and you just want to declutter and, and get things done. But what happens when you lose that motivation? And it's really important to learn how to create the motivation so you can keep going and go ahead and complete the project. And for that, I have a few tips. Number one your listening resources. So if you are um, binge watching while you're decluttering, that's not necessarily going to help push you forward. So I always recommend either listen to a podcast about decluttering um, or a minimalism podcast or an audiobook. actually. I 
listened to several audiobooks as I was decluttering and it really just pushed that momentum forward. So those are a couple of the uh, challenges that people encounter. I feel like you're speaking directly to me, Mary. There's everything that you have said so far. I feel like I can picture a moment in time where I have experienced every single one of those challenges because I get these kicks where I'm like, I am today going to be this organized, punctual, like I'm on top of everything kind of person when I haven't been the last 33 years of my life. So why would I start today, you know? Um, But those are such great tips and I I really appreciate that. But I, I do have a question. I wish I could say like crafting is a hobby or whatever, but I keep a lot of stuff because I can, I can visualize using it for lots of things, but I don't necessarily get to those things. I'm a creative person. So in my head, I can, I can justify anything. How do I come overcome like that kind of mental roadblock or like I have, I have a hobby that like requires you acquiring so much stuff. What do you do with that kind of stuff? So it's really important to understand the difference between um, your idealistic self and your realistic self. Okay. Mm. So oftentimes when we, um, well, before I mention that I crochet as well. So I, I I don't want to tell you how many drawers of yarn I had for projects (laughs) that I had planned for. So I totally get it. Totally get it. Um, But what I realized is there were so many other things that I wanted to do other than just crochet. Hmm. Um, And so I really honed in on my realistic self versus the idealistic self. So a lot of times when you're coming to purchase a craft or a project that you want to do with the kids, you're picturing the idealistic life without the feelings of being tired, without the feelings of having a hard day and the kids, you know, struggling or not cooperating the way we imagined it. And so we actually procrastinate working on that craft or working on that project. Or um, at the end of a long day, uh, you no longer have that motivation or that feeling like you actually want to work on these, you know, crafts and these things. So oftentimes the way to slow this down or to way to stop it is at the time of purchase. When you come to purchase, again, it's that visualization of, oh, I'm going to do this and I'm going to do that with the kids and I'm going to have this time to myself at night and I'm going to be productive and crafty and, and enjoy this. But at the same time, this is not the full realistic picture of how we're going to feel at the time when we actually have the time to do mm. the project. And so I, again, use that kind of the visualization at the time of purchase versus going through what we currently have. So if there's anywhere to start, it's at the time of purchase. In terms of decluttering this stuff, I personally decided to focus on one project. So I currently have yarn for one project and I don't spend lots of time crocheting anymore, but I do inch away at that project as I go. And I refuse to purchase any further yarn until it's completed. So I think in your stories, you had shared something about um, proactivity, being proactive. Uh, Can you tell us a little bit more about that? So this is something I learned after decluttering. Um, and it is a game changer, especially as a parent. 
And I, I shared somebody's reel uh, from Simply on Purpose, okay? And she was talking about how parents feel overwhelmed and they it's it's so easy to just say, you know, to, to yell at the kids, to get them to quickly put their socks on or please just finish your meal because we have to get to soccer. And, you know, and the best way to stop that is not to teach the kids to do it faster. No, it's for us to be proactive and say, okay, have their meals ready so there is extra time. And you're able to slow life down enough where you're not constantly in a rush. And so being proactive honestly changed my mornings, okay? I, I value my mornings so much. And I wake up before anyone wakes up. And I take an hour to myself before I have to start preparing lunch. But the only way to make it a productive morning is to prepare in the evening. So in the evening, I prepare my clothes the night before. I make sure that everything I need for the kids' lunches, my husband's lunch, the coffee cups, everything is washed in the dishwasher. So I literally take it out and use it. Okay, so this is the proactivity that really shifts your whole entire, it affects the whole day, honestly. And it affects your relationship and time with everything. I think for sure I've seen the difference in my life when I've like even just written out my schedule for the next day, even though I know what I'm going to do and I know what the to-do list is and I know what time everything is happening. If the night before I just write it down, I think that, you know, like I'm trying to come up with like a statistic, but I would say like 98% more of the time, all of it gets done. You know, I've just, I've gone to bed with it in my head as this is what's going to happen. So in the morning, the momentum's already there to get started. So I love that. And I, I love the idea of making that work for the whole family, not just for, um, not just for, for me and my work, but also for the, like the flow into making lunch and the flow into, or, or like the laundry. Can you share your laundry tip on here in case anyone has missed that? Cause that is my favorite now. <laughs> <laughs> sure. So I tried every laundry system under the sun. Okay. I tried doing laundry once a week. I tried doing it every two days. I tried having so many different things. And the only thing that worked for me is to do laundry every day. Now I just had this conversation with someone. And when I said laundry every day, they looked at me like I was crazy. They're like, are you kidding? I have to do laundry every day. But what, you, what most don't understand is that this laundry system by doing it daily, your loads get much smaller. They shrink. So the amount of time that you're spending on laundry every day also shrinks. So I can spend from anywhere from 10 minutes to 20 minutes a day doing laundry versus like hours and hours folding and putting away. So my laundry system starts again at night. This is the proactive step we're taking. And every night I fill the washer with the next load. Um, the next step I do is I fill it with uh, laundry detergent. So it's two things. You fill the clothes or whatever your next load is and the laundry detergent at night. First thing I do in the morning when I wake up, before I take my shower, before I get ready, is I go ahead and turn on the washer. My washer takes an hour to complete its load. And by that point, I'm waking the kids up and we're getting ready for our day. As soon as it's done, I quickly just move it into the dryer and turn on the dryer. So that is the extent of my laundry in the morning. Then um, either after the kids finish school or after they go to sleep. 
if I'm getting the kids involved in laundry that day, then we have laundry folding parties and the kids love it and they have so much fun with it. They bring the stuff from the dryer. We, you know, everyone takes their own stuff and we go ahead and have a laundry folding party. Um, but Madonna actually shared something really cool with me and that she tried with her kids, right, Madonna? Yes. <laughs> why don't you why don't you talk about that? Yeah. So that's my that's my one of my reasons I never throw away cardboard. So <laughs> if you've ever seen in stores, they have these little plastic folding mats that they lay out a shirt on and it's literally they just lift each flap and the shirt is magically folded perfectly square very neatly done. And so I created one out of cardboard for my kids and we started using it um, probably about four months ago. And um, my kids love using that thing. When I first pulled it out, you would think I pulled out like a, a rabbit out of a hat. Okay. It was like a big magic trick for them. Um, but what I did not do, which I saw Mary on the thing that you were sharing was I didn't measure out how big it needed to be. I just made the general cuts on a giant piece of cardboard so their shirts are small so it didn't always like end up being like perfectly neat because it was too big of a cardboard for their little shirts but that's one thing I would change but I do love involving them in that and I agree that one way to get stuff done is making sure the kids stay involved yeah one of the things that I ran into with mine is they're a little bit older and so there was a lot more eye rolling complaining like why am I doing this but uh having endured it together like first of all the, their whining did not reflect how much fun they were actually having for sure <laughs> right but my mental state after it was done when I didn't have to do it all by myself you know this is my tip yes. for those of you who have older kids or kids that are, maybe are less helpful than mine are helpful in other ways but not with the laundry so um it's it's changed I think the dynamic for me and it's made laundry way less of it I mean we went from having giant piles that I couldn't handle to um, you know, you get help, you sit down, you get it done. It's over. <laughs> this is, this has been such a helpful time. Do you have any final big tips that you would want to share or things that we didn't mention that you think would be really helpful in somebody that wants to start this journey? My last tip would be to have a plan. And so oftentimes we're like sporadic, like, okay, this area is a mess and this area is a mess. And it's, it's all overwhelming. But when you have a plan and stick to it, it really helps you complete the journey. It helps you get to that finish line a lot faster. And the simplest way to have a plan, honestly, is with a pack of sticky notes and a pen. Um, so I like to plan things out on an empty wall with a whole bunch of sticky notes. And so I write every single area that is affecting me on a sticky note and just stick it on that wall. And there is therapy in ripping down that sticky note, crumbling it and throwing it in the garbage, knowing that that area is completed. That's amazing. And it's a lot of fun to do with the kids too. It's like, okay, this area is done. Go pull down that sticky note. Um, Another way to use sticky notes is, for example, if you're decluttering the kitchen, stick a sticky note on every single cabinet and drawer that needs to be decluttered. And when that drawer cabinet is done, go ahead and rip it off. It's also the same effect but you don't need to write it down. That sounds so lovely. <laughs> Mary, you've been so, so helpful. And and to our listeners, obviously this is not the end all be all. There's so much to learn about decluttering, but we do want to encourage all of our listeners that we all struggle with something. And for some of us, that 
is organization. So there are ways to teach ourselves though, to get better at things that we don't do well currently and decluttering is one of those things. So we want to say a special thank you to Mary for thank coming you. with us today. I'm honored to be and with you today. Thank you. And, and for sharing your not your best not so secret secrets <laughs> with all of us. <laughs> Yes. So make sure you are, if you're on Instagram, that you follow Mary at, at Unclutter Your World. Her reels will blow you away. They just, they always make me smile. And thank you all for joining us at Raising Up Cops. We would love it if you rated this podcast and gave us a review on Apple Podcasts or Google Podcasts or whatever you uh, listen. And do send us your feedback and ideas at raisingupcops at gmail.com. Raising Up Cops is a production of Coptic Dad and Mom. This podcast is hosted by Laura Michael and Madonna Lawindi. None of the views expressed during this recording are the official stance of the Coptic Orthodox Church or its hierarchy. These are our personal opinions, collected experiences, and organic discussions on selected topics. If you'd like to reach out with any questions or comments, you can reach us at raisingupcops at gmail.com.